Welcome to our podcast, All Things Baptist. We desire to bring awareness to what we believe as Baptist, to engage the listener to understand different views of Baptist theology, and to help the listener know more about all things Baptist. This may be talking with pastors, leaders, missionaries, or just introducing some great Baptist of the past. We hope that it is a blessing and help to you. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Welcome to All Things Baptist. Doc is in the house, traveling a little bit through February. And in one of the conferences I was at, I was able to meet up with Byron Fox, and he graciously uh, agreed to do a podcast. Now, he's going to introduce himself. He heads up Bible Truth Music, and he's been involved in that for decades, I think over three decades, and then he travels a lot uh, speaking on different subjects. And so um, looking forward to interviewing him. Just challenge you, look up Independent Baptist Seminary, Org, and we have a lot of information on there. We have courses. We also have five different modules that are going on around the country this year. Uh, we have one in Dover coming up in March. Then we have one in Iowa in May, one in Wisconsin in June. We actually have an introductory, what I call introductory module in South Florida in August. September, we will be here in Dover again, and then in November in Virginia. So pretty busy. Uh, and if you want to learn uh, a little more, you could audit or take uh, take it for credit, start a program, just reach out to us. We can get you more information on that. So looking forward again, interviewing Byron Fox with Bible Truth Music. All right, it's great to have evangelist byron fox with us so welcome to my podcast and um why don't you explain a little of your ministry and background as far as salvation and coming to start bible truth music well thank you brother steve and thank you for everybody who's listening yeah my name is byron fox i'm a full-time evangelist uh i was in an unchurched household and there came a, a citywide crusade to my area of Virginia. I was a little boy. I was eight years old. They came to our door and said, uh, we want you to come to the meeting. It was actually my uncle hmm. that came to my, the door and said, we want you to come to the meeting. And to make a long story short, I went for the very first time to hear preaching in my entire life. It was on a Wednesday night. And the preacher that night preached about an hour long <laughs> on the subject of hell and the only reliable source of information about hell is the bible yeah as an eight-year-old boy i was under deep conviction and i knew i did not want to go to hell until then i'd heard hell mentioned but it had only been a curse word that night i began to understand the reality of hell i wanted to be saved that night but somebody talked me out of going forward uh. by the grace of god the next night thursday night i was back and this time the preacher got up and he preached on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And my heart was overwhelmed. I learned that night, Brother Steve, that God loved me. 
the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's one thing to know he loves the whole world, something else to know he loves you. Yeah. I learned that night that God loved me and that Jesus died on the cross because he loved me. I went forward that night and I received Christ as my Savior. That was May the 18th, 1972. I was an eight-year-old boy, and the best an eight-year-old boy could do, I called on God to save me, and he did. Well, and so life went on. I got into um, a church. I got mm-hmm. a letter from that evangelist who said, you need to go to Grace Baptist Church. So I <laughs> went to Grace Baptist Church of Hampton, Virginia. I walked there. It was only three blocks from my house. And the pastor, he loved me. Yeah, the man. Sunday school teachers put their heart into me. I began memorizing the Word of God. Five years later, God called me, a 13-year-old boy, into his service. Hmm. Now, I went forward, and my pastor, Pastor Ken Dudley, said, uh, Byron, are you answering the call to preach? I said, well, No. <laughs> I said, uh, and I, I could hardly talk, Brother Steve. I, I stuttered and stammered. I said, no. I said, God's called me to full-time service. I'm, I'm, all I know is I'm supposed to serve yeah, God. exactly. Yeah. So he turned me around. Yeah, he turned me around and said, um, God has called him to be a full-time servant. I mean, I couldn't even verbalize it as well as Pastor did. <laughs> yeah. you know? And uh, he said, how many are you going to pray for Byron? And... Um, the people amen and it still touches me that they that church put their heart into a little boy amen i mean a 13 year old and they gave me opportunities Uh, the the song leader began taking me out to try to win people to christ um i got to speak at the different little events here and there lead singing at the rescue mission and i mean they they put me right into work (laughs) yeah that's awesome uh, yeah, and so you was asking uh, earlier on about uh, how Bible truth. Yeah, so what what led you to there, to that aspect? Well, my wife and I got married. And we were both nineteen, and back when <laughs> back when I was a genius, we got married. Yeah. <laughs> I got I was uh, called to a church, uh, and I was a full time staff teaching in the Christian school and a variety of things, including working the music ministry. Hmm of Bethel Baptist Church of Hampton, Virginia. Okay. And so I threw myself into it, and um, I studied um, and asked questions from men like Frank Garlock and Ron Hamilton and Bob Johnson and uh, Al Smith and other men, yeah. uh, Larry Brubaker, men who, um, who had had experience that I did not have. And they began to coach me along the way. And uh, at Bethel, we, we saw the, the program grow from having just one choir to having nine choirs, from um, having just a piano play along to having a piano, organ, and an orchestra. Hmm. And, um, you know, things blossomed, and a, and a school band and all that began to develop. But along the way, I knew that um, I needed to find a resource for some music that we could actually do yeah. at our church that was easy enough that we could master it yes. and still be doctrinally uh, right and and still have the sound of Christian music that we wanted. You know, we didn't want to blur the lines between the world and the church. 
And, um, you know, so there is a distinction about Christian music. Yeah. There is a sound. Uh, real traditional Christian music is a genre, as some people would like to call yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we reject certain types of music. I'm never going to publish Christian rap music. Just forget it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, or Christian rock music. I'm not going to do that. And so little by little, I, be, I began writing some songs and actually working with two or three other composers, men like Elmo Mercer, who had had many songs published by the time he and I became acquainted. But he really loved what we were trying to do, to have church music that sounded like church music and that had uh, hope and victory. Yeah. Um, it was really, you know, uh, the preacher, no matter how bad the sin he's preaching against, there is hope of forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> and uh, so the music that uh, God led us to develop, um, others began requesting it. And so finally a, a little music company was formed named Bible Truth Music. And we started that July the 10th, 1987. And since then we've moved about 30 million in pieces of music. Wow. That's astounding to me. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, multiple thousands of churches getting it, and multiple, multiple, multiple thousands of uh, homes that uh, have gotten it. That's amazing. All right, so my next question. So how have you seen the need grow for good godly music for church services? You and I were just together at a conference, and we kind of started talking about that, but how, especially over the last couple of decades, um, you know, has the, has the need uh, diminished? <laughs> or, oh, no, no, yeah. no. The need has increased. Yes. Um, you know, as the world gets worse, uh, the need for Christians to shine bright Amen. is, uh, is greater than ever. And uh, solid, doctrinally pure, um, Christian music is absolutely needed in our, our churches. Spurgeon said this, when a heart is full of Christ, that person wants to sing. Yes. And that really is true. And, uh, and so we, we we're trying to produce music that is singable. You know, most people own about nine notes. They don't <laughs> own two octaves. And, yeah. um, so we're trying to write music and publish music that is singable with, with real abilities uh, to be sung, realistic. Uh, um, uh, yeah, and, and I, you know what I'm saying? That, I know. That it can be done. Yes. <laughs> you know, and yet be vibrant. Yes. And filled with hope and yes. victory. Um, because we serve a risen Savior. Somebody, one time, somebody came to me, Brother Steve, and said, Your music's too happy. Yeah. I said, Sir, there's a reason why it's happy. Jesus lives. Amen. Um, so yes, uh, now the pandemic hurt us Oh, all across our country. It hurt us. Yeah. And, um, restarting choirs has been a challenge even to this day, even though it's been some time since the pandemic, um, choirs have still been impacted in quartets and ensembles, but, uh, we produce music for congregations as well as, as well as, uh, listening, um, music for, uh, the Christian home. Okay. 
And then, and you you produce, um, do you just do choirs? You do quartets, ensembles, things like that too? Oh, yes. We have music for all of those. We've got over 2,000 different products on our website, okay. BibleTruthMusic.com. Good. Okay, so then, so we've talked about uh, the music ministry, and it's a very important part of the church service. So what are some helps that you offer through Bible Truth and even yourself? Um, I'll let you go, yeah. and I may inter- ask a question or two. Yeah, we, we've got uh, we've got a product that we've worked hard on entitled the Choir Director's Toolkit. Mm. Uh, we've got a lot of um, lay people that have not been trained per se um, in music, but they've got good voices themselves. Yes. They have some people skills, and uh, and they volunteered. Pastor, I will help you. I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but I'll help. Well, this is a very practical tool. The Choir Director's Toolkit is very practical. Teaching people how to read music, uh, teaching people rhythmic dictation, yes. giving them music philosophy, giving them scriptures. There's 754 references of music in the Bible. In this toolkit is a little booklet that has um, every scripture hmm. that is in the Bible. Um, about music. Amen. And beyond yeah. that, um, I was in 145 different cities last year preaching, but everywhere I'm going, I'm also working with the music programs. And so um, currently, as we tape this, as we record this, I'm in Florida, and I'm working with the choir tonight. Amen. And then I'm preaching the revival meeting. Amen. Yeah, because you so we try I, to be practical. Yeah, so where I'm at, you know, I'm here at Capitol Baptist. You came last year, and you brought in a couple other guys, and uh, not as you know, not as skilled as you, but um, you know, they they were okay. And uh, <laughs> you, you brought, <laughs> brought I've in had a, a lot of experience, right? But they, um, you brought in a couple of guys, and it was a Friday night. Uh, sing, which was kind of neat, uh, just a hymn sing, and then Saturday was a choir work day, and yeah. um, so those are things. Just you know, they can reach out to you. I know you're busy, but those are things that somebody may be listening to, and maybe they're uh, a lay choir director, and they're saying, "So how do yes. I how do I get them to that next level?" Well, some of it is practice and getting having a concentrated time that you kind of push them a little farther. Yes. And so you offer some helps with that. Absolutely. Uh, and I've done a multitude of Zoom calls with pastors and music Amen. directors, yep. um, offering some, you know, practical. I'm Mr. Practical. I live in the real world, yep. and we want to get the job done. We want to be M-I-H people. What is that? Make it happen. M-I-H. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought M-I-A, you know, but I... No, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> M-I-H. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a too many MIA. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. So my last question. So what are some final recommendations to pastors or lay folk that are listening to help keep their church music program? This is a key. Vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah. Not dead. So yeah. what are some things that can help them? Well, let's go back to the word realistic. Yeah. That God is not idealistic. God is realistic. Yeah. Don't expect your choir to sing the Hallelujah Chorus <laughs> if they're not ready for it. Yeah. 
exactly. find music that they can sing. Now, if they're ready for the Hallelujah Chorus, yep. I mean, I've, I've led that many times. Yep. That's great music, but most choirs, most church choirs can't handle that. Yes. You want to make your choirs successful. I prefer easier music and doing it extremely well yes. than complex music and doing it poorly. Yep, I agree uh, totally. Yeah. You know, uh, good musicians sitting in the um, congregation hearing music done poorly on the platform, well, that is not a, a recruitment uh, tool. Yeah. So, and, and you've got to recruit people into your program, and then you've got to practice. Yes. And, and you've got to put real effort into this. You know, um, if you want real hearty music, well, there has to be real hearty effort put yeah. into it. Yep. And don't forget, the most important music of our church is congregational singing. Mm. Why is it the most important? For two reasons. Uh, obviously, that's a time for all of God's people to participate. But secondly, of those 754 references in the Bible about music, the vast majority of those references are about everybody singing. So it is biblically proper and right that that the congregational singing gets the most attention. Yep. And so uh, I'd say finally, last thing about keeping your church music vibrant, you pray and then you put your best efforts into it. Yes. Real quality effort. Amen. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. And so glad that um, we were able to spend a little time down there in Florida. I'm not there yeah. now. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm still in Florida now. Yes, uh, sir, you went on. <laughs> um, I'm in the cold again, but um, maybe there'll be a cold front for you down there. So appreciate Who knows? Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Brother Steve, I, I also, before we uh, wrap this up, I want to say I thank you for the wonderful efforts that you're doing to train people in great gospel work as far as in the ministry. Yep. May God just keep his hand upon you, Brother Steve. All right. Thank you. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.